Hello and welcome back to That's What People Do. We're back with you in our bedrooms, living rooms. I don't know what room Ryan is in. I'm in a bedroom. You're in a bedroom, so am I. I'm also in my bedroom. That's good. Um, yeah. I hope you're keeping well. Yeah, man. I'm all. I'm all, I'm alive still. I'm healthy. I'm still working. I'm 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 batting away the coronavirus virus bugs and shit. I'm yeah, man. I'm I'm almost bulletproof. Going good. So, I think we're we're. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think the recordings are coming out quite good. There's some uh, little pauses every now and then that I struggle to get rid of, but on the whole. Considering we're like two hundred miles away, I think we're we're smashing this. I think we're doing quite well. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. quite impressed with it. And like I I in terms of just like me, I know James has got like a proper you know nice microphone and he's got all the gear and I haven't. Like it's, we we we've got the gear, but it's at James's and obviously James is quite far away, so we can't use it together at the same time. So I've got a much smaller microphone that's significantly cheaper. So we're gonna get I'm gonna get the right equipment coming up soon, but. I think what we're doing so far is actually quite all right. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder how other podcasts are recording their episodes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, quite a lot of people are using Skype and other Discord. They're all recording their own way of doing it. They're all finding ways to do it. And that's what we're doing. We're finding our own way. Absolutely. So if you remember last week, we had the gruesome finale of the two-parter of The Vampire of Hanover, Fritz Harmon, which was a gruesome finale. Oh, man, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that story. Lots of young men's throats being ripped out, and literally, if Herbert the pervert from Family Guy just twisted one day, that would be it. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was an interesting one. So we're going to lighten it up this week, as promised. So we're going to be talking about the Cadbury Brothers, which which um, lines up perfectly with Easter. Yeah, it does because everyone will be surrounded by chocolate right now. And when I say Cadbury Brothers, it doesn't just mean there's two of them. There are multiple Cadbury people within here, oh, but um, it? it's. It's gonna. It's, I say that the bulk of the story is quite short because it's like not packed with detail. But I think the majority of this episode will be me and Ryan discussing chocolate in immense detail. I mean, I have a top thirty of the UK's favourite chocolate, but I might narrow that to the top ten. Yeah, why not? So I think we blast through the Cabri story, and then we just we just talk about chocolate for probably the next three hours. This will be our longest ever episode. Right. Yeah. So I need to. Yeah. So, so I, I'm confused because. I don't know why, but when you think of like something brothers, it's always like two of them. So when you've said Cadbury's mm. brothers, like last week we said we'll do this, I've always assumed there's just two brothers. Uh, yes, initially, but it, it, the story—it's a family business. Okay, okay. And naturally, people die. Oh, okay. And and if you know, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So we're going to start the 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 old story with a man called John Cadbury. I'm sure you've all heard of Cadbury. If you are an American listener, I'm sure you've still heard of Cadbury. Probably, yeah. dare I say, the most famous chocolate brand in the world. It's the best chocolate brand in the world. In fact, the best taste in chocolate. So that's probably why Americans might not have heard of it, because they're a chocolate shit. It is. <laughs> really, we'll get into that as well a bit later as well. <laughs> so John Cadbury was born on the 12th of August, <clears throat> 1801. So that's a long fucking time ago. Yeah, that's uh, damn well. In Birmingham where I am currently. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Cadbury is uh, from around my ends, which is quite nice. Is it, so, are we all, do we all say it wrong? What Say what wrong? <laughs> Cadbury. Cadbury. How am I saying it? I think everyone says it right. Cadbury. You kind know, of don't I... pronounce the D, so people like Cadbury, you don't do that. It's like Cadbury. That's it. That's exactly how it should sound. You just done it. So, we, yeah, most everyone else says the D in it, Cadbury. 
that you can hear it. Whereas you're like the, the Brummie's like Cadbury. <laughs> yeah, the the D is it's there, but you don't like d- you don't you don't fucking go for it. It's Cadbury. Cadbury. It's really Cadbury. So it's literally C A B R Y. If you're gonna Cadbury. Cadbury. <laughs> You know, we yeah. were talking when we said about Disney, like where it's so different to differentiate the name to the brand and how someone was called Cadbury before this, the brand Cadbury. Like that was just his name. Yeah, literally. I was like, oh, hello, Mr. Cadbury. And he was like, hi, you all right? Yeah, and then no one gave a shit. It was yeah, a cool it was, name. It was just another name, Cadbury. Yeah. I'm sure the name still exists. Big family. Mm, okay. So, yeah, he was born uh, in Birmingham on 12th of August, 1801. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. Do you know? Do you know of the Quaker kind of religion? Uh, that, that's the guy on front of Quaker Oats, right? The, the the hat, and he lives in a windmill. Um, I'm not a hundred percent on that, so I can neither confirm nor deny. Maybe <laughs> I'll look into it. All I know is Quaker uh, but, Oats, and uh, aren't Quakers like pacifists? They don't like violence. Uh, essentially, yeah, it's a it's a branch of Christianity that are they don't drink, they are pacifists, they're just real loving people. Mm. So this is what John was. He was born into a Quaker family. Okay. So he, uh, he didn't he get any child... scrapes and that uh, school. I bet he was quite a goody two-shoes, right? You'd guess so, being a pacifist. Yeah. Um. So he went to school in Warwickshire, which is where I work. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was not allowed to enter university because that's a rule of being a Quaker for some reason. Really? So he couldn't pursue... Uh, professions like being a doctor or whatever he couldn't go into that I didn't realise that was the 11th commandment thou shalt not have an education yeah thou shalt stay dumb as fuck because then you might question our religion (laughs) on quick side note um, uh, I know I I bash religions quite a lot I am currently trying to find God and you might laugh but I've actually started reading the King James Bible this is true. This is actually true. I've started reading the King James Bible. Did you know that Noah lived to be like 900 years old? You've stunned me to silence. I know. <laughs> I was at work the other day and I was just stood there. I was bored, clearly. We had nothing to do. And I was just like, why am I an atheist? Like, why can't I accept God and religion? Why can't I? What is it about my head? I cannot, I cannot, as hard as I try to, accept it. And I was like, when someone says to me, like, oh, there's a big old fucking man in the sky and he created the world in seven days, I'm like, bollocks, it's, it's, it's evolution, it's billions of years of, you know, life and blah, blah, blah. Why can't I just switch off and allow that to be the truth in my own head? And I can't figure out why. So I was like, why don't I read the Bible and try and figure out if there's a part in it where I go, that's it, and see if I could try and find God in there. So I'm, I'm reading the King James Bible to try and find God. Uh, but yeah. Um, Adam and like Noah and all those sons, everyone on that line, they all live to be like 900 years old. Which doesn't raise any red flags to anyone. No, and that's literally in like the first 10 pages and that doesn't raise any fucking red flags. Right. Well, I hope you find God. (laughs) I'll let you know how that goes. I'll keep everyone updated. I'm not holding my breath for you. I don't think you will, but we'll see. (laughs) I did wonder how you'd take that. Yeah, good, good luck to you. Yeah, good luck to you. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, he's not allowed to go to university because of his silly religion. Sorry, not, not yeah, silly. I'll take that back. That's my opinion. That, yeah, Ryan is... That is an opinion that is not perhaps one of 
that's what people do. No, that's what people do. It. I am. I am tolerant of nearly everyone. I, I listen. If you if if you want to have a chat with me, I'll sit and have a chat with you. I have an opinion on the matter, but I am not rude. Like I. I wouldn't ever like say this stuff to your face. Like if you believe it, you believe it. That's your choice, and I will listen to you, and I'll you know talk to you, and I'll have a natural debate and a good old conversation about it. And I'd never be rude to you. Just put that out there. Well, that's good. That's what you want. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't want to piss anyone off. Yeah, precisely. So yeah, he wasn't John Cabri wasn't allowed to go to university. Mm. So he well the child his childhood generally was. I couldn't find much. He was normal childhood in the 1800s, I guess. He uh, campaigned against animal cruelty. Oh, really? And, yeah, big, big uh, veggie. So he wouldn't eat meat. Uh, he formed the Animal Friends Society. He was just one of... I guess you'd describe him as woke. Yeah, for his time, definitely. Yeah, he was very woke. So, yeah, basically. So then we skip forward to 1824. John Cabri is 22 years old, and he opened his first shop at 93 Ball Street next to his father's drapery and silk business. All right. I'm assuming Ball Street. Have you ever been to Birmingham? Uh, yeah. You know the ball ring with the ball? Yeah, I know I'm assuming it. I know that's, it. I'm assuming that's Ball Street. I, maybe. That would make sense. E- everything to do with Birmingham is around a ball for some reason. If you're meeting someone in Birmingham, you meet at the ball. That's where you meet. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been to the ball ring before. I was I was impressed with it. It's very big. Yeah, it's it's nice. I avoid it as much as possible. Yeah, it's one of those. Just, if you once you've been there once, you, there's nothing else to it. It's just, it's it's just, just a big shopping city, centre really. in the middle of a city. Yeah. That's it. So, uh, John's shop generally sold like tea and coffee and cocoa and like drinking chocolate. So it was edibles essentially. Mm-hmm. But he prepared the drinking chocolate using a pestle and mortar, which I don't. It kept coming up that I don't know if that was a big thing. I don't know the significance of that. But it, every website I went on specifically said he used a pestle and mortar. So I don't know if that wasn't the dumb thing. Mm. Yeah, there's something about pestle and mortar. Fucking chefs love it, didn't they? They're like, I, I've got, a, I've got a pestle and mortar. Use your pestle and mortar. I was like, who? How many people actually have a fucking pestle and mortar and actually use it? I've never, ne- I've never needed one. There's never been a, a time in my life where I've been like, damn, if only I had my pestle and mortar to hand. Yeah, it's like a pestle and mortar. That's Stone Age shit, man. It's a, basically, Li- yeah. Literally, Stone Age shit. Like, it's a big bowl. You got fucking another rock and just. Smash grind it. shit together. Grind yeah. that shit. Grind it. Grind it. I don't get it. Well, so the the customers that frequented his shop were usually the rich families because obviously poverty was quite rife in the 1800s, especially in Birmingham because Birmingham was the centre of the Industrial Revolution. So yeah, it's a black country, isn't it? Yeah, but Birmingham fucking made this country. So when people slag it off, they need to remember that. <laughs> So yeah. the only ones that could afford to go in were obviously rich families because cocoa beans were imported from, you know, South America, West Indies. They, they, it was costly. Yeah. So he he started experimenting with his chocolate, did John. Uh, he began using a wider range of cocoa and he mm-hmm. also added a little sugar, which, again, I don't know if that's a big thing. He also added like hot water and milk. Basically, he was creating the 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 chocolate we know and love today he was experimenting with it so so beforehand he was pretty much just making almost exclusively hot chocolates uh essentially yeah he was making a lot of hot chocolate and then uh he moved on to chocolate bars which obviously is still going strong today 
Yeah, that's interesting because it, like you couldn't just make a hot chocolate and then pour that into like a mold and then put that in your fridge. That's not going to work. So how do no. you make the chalky set? Uh, I think you can. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you can. I'm sure. I'm sure you do. You have melted chocolate and then you it like kind of solidifies together, which is what you know where a flake bar comes from. No. A flake bar was discovered because of um, all the chocolate, like, dripping off the uh, production line. A worker noticed that it was, like, folding over each other and creating a kind of bar shape. Oh, right. And they were like, no way, we could sell that. Obviously, they didn't sell it off the floor, but it's basically the (laughs) ends of the chocolate that weren't didn't make it onto other chocolate bars. I wouldn't be surprised if they sold it off the floor. They were just like, "Uh, we don't really know how it makes it, but we just, we pick up the drippings and we sell that. I mean, in the 1800s, you uh, you don't know, do you? Yeah, man. They do like a full-on Joe Exotic. that I uh, pick it up on the floor. That I do was put in a pizza, sell it. Yeah, fucking Carol Baskin. Fucking Carol Baskin. So John quickly established himself as the leading chocolate proprietor of Birmingham. So if you wanted chocolate, you'd go to John Cadbury. Mm. So naturally, his business was growing. So in 1831, he rented a small factory not far from his shop, and he became he started manufacturing, so I'm assuming he would send it out then to other shops mm-hmm. of uh, drinking chocolate and cocoa. So he predominantly still did hot chocolate, which we all know today. And this was all laying the foundations of uh, his growing business. Mm-hmm. So in 1847, uh, the factory was prospering off Broad Street. You ever you never heard of Broad Street? Broad Broad Street. Broad Street. Yeah, Broad it's Street. basically, if someone ever asks you to go on a night out in Birmingham on Broad Street, you say no. You what just say that? no, and you walk away, because it's one of those streets where there's loads of clubs, and it's just horrendous. All right. <laughs> like, it's proper, proper vile. Like, mm. really, really bad. There's a reflex there, and all those fucking, it's horrible. Don't go. Or like a chain club. Yeah, essentially. So, because uh, John Cabri's, um business was prospering so much he took on his brother benjamin into his partnership and they became the cadbury brothers birmingham Mm. and then 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 the retail business the original shop was passed on to his nephew in 1849 so john could concentrate on other things that's nice of him in the nephew have a have a coffee shop that sells almost exclusively chocolate the Cabri, which is, we'll get onto this, but Cabri was such a family name that was passed down for generations and generations, which is why when it was eventually sold to Kraft in 2000 or something, like, it was such a big deal. Oh, I remember that. The people were like, everyone was like outside the Cabri factory going mental. Yeah, because they thought that they'd changed the recipes, which they kind of did, but it's still predominantly the same because well, if they changed. change Cadbury like with fucking there'd be riots well they've changed the logo of Dairy Milk already and it looks shit yeah but I did like their you know the um loneliness campaign they did where they took all the words off and they had blank bars I liked that yeah that, that was really quite cool. cool that was quite cool we're donating our words yeah that was clever except for all yeah. those people that have allergies yeah literally <laughs> so <laughs> just fucking guess yeah <laughs> like um is this the one without the nuts? I don't know. Try it, find out. It is the one with the nuts. Brilliant. <laughs> so, uh, business did start to decline within the 1850s, and then the partnership between John 
and Benjamin dissolved in 1860. Oh, they fell out. Yeah, and in 1861, John retired due to poor health. Uh, and what, the business what, what year, was sorry, 1861. Oh, so he was getting on a bit. Yeah, he was. He was born in what 1802? Would I say? I think you said 1801, so it'd be like 60. Yeah, yeah, he was getting, especially for those days, fucking out good innings. Mm. And then he passed the business to his sons, Richard and George. So still Cadbury brothers, mm-hmm. just different brothers. Uh, the first few years were like horrendous. They didn't get many customers. It was the classic. It was like Disney. Like you have to fail before you succeed. Yeah. Um, they then began to travel around the world to try and find different like tastes for their chocolate. You know, you know the scene in Willy Wonka where he's literally, literally fucking going that. round looking for different tastes. That's exactly what happens what they in did. Willy Wonka. Do you think that's what they like? I don't know if if is it Roald Dahl Willy Wonka? Yeah. Maybe he knew that. Maybe he knew that the Cabri brothers went around the world to find some chocolate. Yeah, probably. Because that's and uh, then that's they so ended funny. up in they ended up in Holland, uh, where they discovered the Van Houten chocolate press, which extracted the cocoa butter. Okay. So this made them be able to produce Cabri cocoa essence, advertised as absolutely pure, therefore the best. Nice. That's a very good advertising. Yeah, and this fucking turned it around for them. Like they did bits. Yeah, man, That's a, that, they went uh, they went a bit Heisenberg on the chocolate. They're like, this is absolutely pure. Yeah, like you won't get any better. Therefore, the best. Like <laughs> they're challenging every other chocolate. Damn, man. And then in eighteen seventy came the move to Bourneville. You heard of Bourneville? Yes, I, Bourneville's a place, isn't it? But Bourneville's a place. Uh, it's a suburb of Birmingham. Yeah, right. And Bourneville is the dark chocolate version. Yeah, the one that's not very nice. Well, if you don't like dark chocolate. If you don't like dark chocolate. Which I, I used think to love it as a kid. I don't know why. I used to love Bourneville and I used to eat loads of it. And then as I got older, my taste buds have changed. And now I, I really can't eat it. No, I, I dislike it. My granddad loves it. Like, well, if you're going to get my granddad chocolate, Bourneville chocolate. Mm. So why do they call it Bourneville? Ah, why do they call it Bourneville? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> So they decided they needed a bigger factory and they spent, they wanted to keep it in the Midlands and they looked around for plots of land and they found it, uh, the Bornbrook Estate, which is about four miles south of the Birmingham city centre. Mm-hmm. And in keeping with the fashion at the time, the French saint sounding name Bourneville was chosen. So it's called Bourneville because they fucking named it Bourneville. Oh, right. <laughs> so this is literally absolute madness. They created the town or like the estate of Bourneville. So Bourneville so took on the do, name of the chocolate. Essentially, yeah. Because it was born, wasn't it? Born. It was born Brook Estate. Yeah. So they they named the chocolate after. Named the town the after town. the chocolate. In the end, it was Born Brook Estate, and then the Cadbury's brothers were like, "Well, let's go to Bourne and make it sound a bit exotic, like French Bourneville." And then the town was like, "Why don't we get that name? It's quite famous." Yeah, basically. That's clever. And then, but the, but the town itself, I imagine, was a really rural village at the time. Big plot of land for the factory, oh, and that the Cabri brothers. Oh fuck! Right, got got you. And the Cabri brothers were the first people to do this. I know some companies nowadays do it, but they built a town. They built so many houses. They'd build a church. They'd build cricket pitches. Like they just built a town, and all of these houses were for their workers. Oh yeah, there's quite a lot of that happened in like industrial England. 
Yeah, and so you've got the factory in the middle of it, and uh, like even driving through Bourneville now, it's lovely. It's such a lovely town. Oh, really? And workers could stay there and have really like reduced rents mm-hmm. and just have like a really good quality life all while going to work at the factory every day. Wow. I miss so that. So it was, it, it was referred to as the Cabri factory in a garden. So like the Cabri factory would be in your garden. Mm. Oh, why don't companies so do that nowadays, like put up houses for you to live in them? I suppose it's... I don't know, plots of land, expenditure, etc. Yeah. But they treated their workers so incredibly well. Like, they'd encourage their um, workers to get involved in sports. Uh, They were the first company to introduce uh, half days on Saturdays. They were the first company to um, close factories on bank holidays. Wow. Like, they gave a shit, and I think it was their Quaker influence. Oh, yeah, forgot about that. That they were just brought up to be real nice, caring people. Yeah. And they did just that. And a fun fact about Bourneville is even today, you can't buy a drink there. Uh, oh, right. Okay. What? Alcoholic drink? You can't buy an alcoholic drink. Uh, oh, because of its Quaker roots. Yeah, because it's a dry town. And because everyone that lives there knows that the town was built by the Cabri family. So if you go into a pub there, which there basically isn't any, you can't buy a drink. Uh, Tesco's don't serve any alcohol. Oh, why? Wow. In the shops there was don't a bit sell of, it. No, there was a bit of uproar like a while back because a corner shop just outside started selling it and like people started complaining. But yeah. Uh, people living there must have a drink or two but like in their lives. though, They must have a drink out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think they'd be Quakers, but I think they just respect that you... um don't buy it like i read an article um a reporter went into a hotel and was like how do i get a drink around here and they were told oh you need to leave the town and then you can get a drink mm. yeah which is interesting that is really um, interesting so uh the business soon became a private limited company cabri brothers limited so they're up and running now uh, this was in 1899 following richard cabri's sudden death at the age of 63 which was the one of the was that one of the sons? How have I forgotten this? <laughs> There's so many fucking names. Yeah, one of the sons. So he died in 1899, mm. and they became uh, Cabri Brothers Limited. George Cabri became chairman of the board, uh, and fellow like promoted his son William Cabri and Richard's two sons Edward and George. So if you were born into the Cabri family, you. All you knew is chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't a bad fucking business to be born into, let's be honest. No, everyone likes chocolate. I ain't going anywhere anytime soon. It literally. So by 1899, the Bourneville factory had trebled in size and it had more than 2,600 employees. Wow. All of these employees would live in the town as well. I re- have you? Did you have, have you ever been to the Cadbury factory? I've been to the main Cadbury factory, yeah. That's not the one you in Bourneville, been through bo- You yeah, you would have. That is still it. You would have been through Bourneville. Oh, I I assumed it was the the. I assumed there was. So I'm 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 now picturing there are two different factories. One in the city centre and one in Bourneville. The the main Cabri factory is still this one, the one in Bourneville, and that's, oh, that's the one the you one go through towards it. To. Yeah. Right. Then I have been. Yeah, I have been. It's pretty cool. It's really yeah. old. Yeah, literally the town is like. It just feels like a pre World War One town because that's what it was. All the yeah. original brickwork. It's really they kept so clean. I drove through it recently because you have to like drive through it to get to uh, 
the town centre if you go that way. And it's I drove through it. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Haven't been to Cabri mm. World in ages though. Yeah, I man, think I because Cabri World and I was I had so much fucking chocolate. I you used to get so weeks. much free chocolate as you went round, but I think you know how Jamie Oliver got involved and all that. I think they had to reduce it. Uh, bastard. Yeah, you used to come out with bagfuls of free chocolate. Yeah, man. And you used to go to that room where they'd give you, like, shots of melted chocolate. That's it, yeah. Actual shots of it. And then they they were like, uh, you could make your own chocky, like, put, like, jelly tots on it and stuff like that. You could do all that. Yeah, and they had the little ride in the middle about cocoa beans. Yeah, I remember that. That was brilliant, man. Yeah. Mad. I want to go back now. (laughs) I promised Emma I'd take her. Sorry? I promised Emma that I'd take her. Yeah, do it. Like, it's such a great place. Mm. Um, So the Bourneville factory then became a series of factories within a factory. So they'd start producing their own packaging, like uh, tins, and uh, they'd have a design studio for their advertisements and all sorts. of everything that happened happened in Bourneville. Mm -hmm. And this policy continued well after the Second World War, when rationalism, rationalization, sorry, of the business like happened because obviously you had to ration chocolate. Chocolate became a bit of a what's the word? A rarity when rationing yeah. was happening. A uh, luxury. Yeah, because it was difficult to get the product into air bubble Ugh. to get the product into make it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that happened in that was takes us up to end of World War Two, and then business kind of carried on as normal. And obviously, you get all the way up to, I can't remember the exact date, and I don't know why I didn't write it down, where um, Kraft took over from the Cadbury family. But at that point, I don't think it was the Cadbury family that were involved. It got sold off to like different CEOs, etc., who took over. Uh, had had Cadbury, were they like um, publicly, what's the word, like? Publicly or, owned? Yeah, like on the foot of the year, they've got boards and people who have Yeah, essentially, it. yeah. So it's like it's not so much a family business in the sense that the family run it. It's like they have a stake in it as much as everyone else, but probably that. So on 7th of September 2009, Kraft Foods made a £10.2 billion bid for Cadbury. £10 That offer was rejected with Cadbury stating that it undervalued the company. Wow. Wow, even ten billion. They're like, no, nope, it's worth more than that. Well, I mean, yeah. it would be. It's, it's got sentimental value, value as well. Yeah, and they, uh, Cabri eventually agreed to one worth nineteen billion dollars, which I think is just a couple of billion more, so probably about twelve billion. Yeah, pounds. that doesn't seem like a lot more. Like, oh, you uh, really pushed it, didn't you? Eleven point five billion pounds. Damn. Yeah, and there was all that uproar about you're going to change the recipe, you bastards, and I've never heard. I'd never heard of Kraft chocolate. It's an American firm. It was a cheese firm. Oh really? What did yeah. Kraft make? Uh, let's have a look. Oh, are they Kraft... Dime Bar is that them? Uh, Kraft Heinz of... Company. So are they to do with baked beans as well. Really. They must no. They must own that as well. They must have bought that. Yeah, you'd assume so. Yeah, they're out of Chicago, Illinois. Oh, they um, do easy cheese on a pretzel. They do Ritz crackers and cheese. 
Oreo, Philadelphia. Oreo? They do Oreo. Yeah, they do the I Philadelphia cheese Oreos spread. Oreo's awful. You don't like Oreos? No, man, I don't like them. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm really not a fan of Oreos. They're just too dry. They they do a lot of American shit, like Cool, cool Whip. Oh, Cool Whip. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I can't, I've never seen any of these names. What the fuck's Nutter Butter, Mallow Mars... Oh, Jet puffed Cap- marshmallows. Oh my God, they do everything. They do Capri Sun, Kool Aid, um, was it mac and cheese stuff? Jesus. Yeah, but now those guys own Cadbury, but the Cadbury factory is still in use today. The main one is still in Bourneville, mm-hmm. even though it's now a fucking worldwide name. Uh, there is a rumor. I don't know if this is true, but I was always told that the workers there can just take as much chocolate home as they want. I heard that as well. Yeah, no, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's not a, like well, it must well, obviously it's rumor, but yeah, it's um. I have definitely heard that rumor as well. That yeah, they're, they're allowed to take as much chocolate home with them as they want, but but eventually you get sick of it, so you you just stop. Exactly, that's probably what they do. It's like they say, Carlsberg workers, isn't it? Carlsberg workers in Denmark are allowed to like drink as much Carlsberg as they can get their hands on, but it's like well, there's only so much you can drink before you can't actually do your job, and then you're going to lose it anyway. So you might as well yeah. not bother going Literally. too hard on it. And literally, you. You only need, like, one fucking visit to Cadbury's world and you won't eat chocolate for two weeks. Well, it used to be that way when you could have so much chocolate, like, when you visited. You had so much yeah. chocolate you wouldn't eat for two weeks afterwards. So if you weren't there, yeah, you'd hardly ever touch it. Literally. But, yeah, that is the, the main story of Cadbury. And I think the best thing about the Cadbury family and the Cadbury story is how they did treat their workers so well and continue to do so. Yeah, man, that's the one thing that I've, like, taken away from it is how much they treated the staff really well. Yeah, building an entire town for them to live in, giving them reduced rents. Yeah, just giving man. them a happy work environment, which a lot of companies nowadays could take a note from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get happy workers and you'll get better things, won't you? Exactly. Like, the people more... And it, it really shows that um, when Kraft actually did try to buy... Well, did eventually go to buy Cadbury, how many people fucking went mental for it? People that used to work for... Cadbury people that did currently work for Cadbury at the time how much they kicked off because they were like no man this this brand is a family like this is they've been good to me they've been good to my family some of them would have there's generations of people that have li- lived and worked under the, in, in the shadow of like the Bourneville factory um yeah man it, it really shows how much like they care like there's some places that I've worked at that if some fucker went to buy it and wanted to close it I'd be like yeah, go for it. I, don't, I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. Like, none of them have, like, really, like, I suppose, none of them have given me a home, like, actually given me a house to live in with reduced rent, or, like, mm. yeah, I've really looked after you like that. That's because really good. Because then you'd work hard because you're being valued. Yeah, exactly. You feel like you're wanted. Exactly. So just some just some facts here. They launched their first milk chocolate bar in 1897. Okay. 1905 is when dairy milk was launched. 1921, they opened their first overseas factory in Tasmania. What a random which place is a to do that. Weird, yeah. We, um, is there cocoa beans in Tasmania? I, I, Who knows? I don't know. It must, it must have been like a... Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe it was a colony or something. British colony. Oh, yeah. I think it literally would be. Yeah. Maybe like some sort of British thing going on there. Yeah. It was cheaper for them. 
1930, they'd become the 24th largest manufacturing firm in Britain. The original 14-acre Bourneville site had increased to 81 acres, and then more than 100 acres was devoted to recreation, including dressing areas, restrooms, and a concert hall. Again, again, it's it's not so much about the work. Yeah, they put more effort into the site where their workers live than into the factory. Yeah, that's insane. Because isn't the old saying, if you look after the workers, the workers will then take care of the, the work? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, no, I think that goes without saying, isn't it? If you make your people feel, you know, wanted and like they're valued, they will give you back tenfold what you put in. Exactly, which is where I think a lot of like, if you're in a customer-facing role, I think a lot of companies fall down because the managers will like try to look after the customer, where the managers should be looking after the workers, and then the workers will look after the customer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you might have like a really awful work fucking placement, and it's not really that great place to be in, and you might just feel shit, and you go to work, and it still makes you feel shit, and then you go on the floor, and you get some arsehole come up to you and starts having a go at you, and you're like, you're really not helping. I couldn't give a fuck about your problems, mate. I got my own. And I work Literally. here, and then you start having to go back at them, or you're not interested in half of what they're saying. Then they complain to the manager, and then perhaps your fault because customers always fucking right. Get fucked, you know. Yeah. Look after me. Make sure that when I come to work, I can forget about my problems. I can't work, and I can have a good time. I've got a good place to go to. I can have my nice break and relax, chill out. I've got this. I've got that. I've got everything I need catered for. And then when I go on floor, I feel good. I feel refreshed, and I can do what I need to do properly. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. So in 1969, they actually merged with Schweppes as well, the uh, lemonade oh, I bloody company. Love Schweppes. Uh, yeah, and then that partnership ended in 2008. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Just a year before Kraft bought them. Interesting. I wonder why that happened. No, I'm not sure. Because it, it lasted such a long time. Yeah, 40-odd years. Something happened. Some, some disagreement. Maybe Cadbury's were like, uh, listen, Schweppes, we're thinking of selling to like Cad uh, to Kraft, and they're going, nah, get fucked. We we are a British brand, whatever. We're not being owned by American brand or whatever, something like that. Maybe it was that. Yeah, probably. We're leaving if you're con- if you're if you're insistent on doing this, we'll be out of here. Da 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 da. And then Cadbury were like, well, listen, they're offering ten bill, so you know, <laughs> what do you want? And they're going, nah. I can buy an island. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want, I want our national dignity of being. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, they've got, like, the Queen's seal of approval, haven't they, Schweppes? Have they? I think so, yeah. Schweppes do, um, like, the tonic, because I drink Schweppes tonic a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure on the back of that it has, like, the Queen's seal of approval. Like, you know, some of these brands have it. And they're like, um, oh. uh, the the Royal Majesty or whatever, like, recognises this brand and it's got her seal on it. Oh, you might see didn't it know that. I'm assuming Cadbury's the same. I think Cadbury's does have it, yeah. Interesting. Well, that generally is a story of Cadbury. Um, so I guess we just talk about chocolate now. Yes. So we have just had Easter. Um, yeah. One thing I've noticed is how fucking early the Easter eggs came out this year. Yeah, especially amidst all the panic. I remember walking into my local supermarket and the first thing I walked into is an aisle just full of uh, Easter eggs while everyone else is like sprinting after toilet paper and stuff. I, I, think... I was like, why don't we make this aisle the fucking essential aisle yeah. and then have easter eggs somewhere else yeah i mean i'll be honest i saw it even earlier than that as, as soon as cracking christmas was over i saw easter eggs in shops in january wow yeah th- I mean, down here i saw easter eggs in january um people like to prepare don't they <laughs> yeah 
But then what we noticed as well, Easter eggs are so fucking expensive now. Like, don't go wrong, you can get the Easter eggs that are a pound, but all you are going to get is the egg. If you want, like, a couple of bars of chocolate in there as well, you need at least three pounds. Um, mm. And then some of them... Oh, Emma, Emma um, absolutely loves Reese's chocolate. I don't know why. Oh, uh, yeah, but that's got to be imported from America, hasn't exactly. it? Exactly. So she loves Reese's chocolate. So I was like, oh, I'll be a good boyfriend. I'll buy her the Reese's Easter egg. I know she'll like that. So it comes with the egg, and then it comes with three little like cream eggs, but then they're, they're filled with Reese's peanut butter stuff, right? Come with, so a big egg and just three of those little eggs that you can buy free for a pound. The whole thing was six pounds. That's a lot of Wonga for a bit of chocolate. A lot of fucking dough for a bit of chocolate, which I do find that with a lot of imported um, American chocolate, and I don't know why people pay the price because it, let's be honest, is. Shit. It's really not good chocolate, America. Sort your chocolate out. Like, it's really not You're, that good. Like, it, sometimes I'll watch YouTube videos of like Americans trying British um, sweets and chocolate and stuff, and I get really protective over it. Like, I get really protective. Like, the second they start slagging it off, I'll be like, I'll be straight in the comments. Be like, well, you'd have no fucking idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Go have another Hershey's then. Go on, I dare you. <laughs> Hershey's is vile, and anyone that says otherwise is a fucking liar. Yeah, honestly, I don't understand. What, what, what is it with Hershey's? I don't get it. Um, but yeah, so I bought this, this egg. It was £6 for practically nothing. Um, Rubbish-tasting chocolate. And she, cause she was offering. She was like, oh, would you like some of my chocolate? I was like, absolutely not. No, thank you very much. I'll, I'll, go, get, I'll go get a Yorkie one, because I fucking love Yorkie. Um, so yeah, so that's £6. And Easter eggs are ridiculously expensive. And then... Like, obviously, naturally, we're all in lockdown. There's nothing else to do but sit there and eat Easter eggs. So we've been eating and buying Easter eggs all throughout this time, paying fucking through the nose for them just because it's a bit of chalk in it, something to do. Um, and then, honestly, the day after Easter, the day after he had risen, they've been knocked off to, like, a pound. Yeah, literally. Like, wait to buy your Easter eggs until the day after. Literally. Same with Christmas. Same with everything. Do it afterwards. Because they whack up those prices beforehand. So you get it all done and ready and prepared. And then as soon as it's over, they're like, well, people ain't going to want to buy them now. Especially at this sort of price. Because they'll go, well, Easter's done now. You don't need a £6 Easter egg, do you? So let's make them dirt cheap. And then people just fucking lap them up. Yeah, because it's still chocolate, isn't it? Yeah, chocolate's chocolate. I don't care what fucking form it's in. (laughs) I'll eat it. So we're literally going at the shop, just being like, well, I'll, I'll buy all the chocolate now because it's like a pound each. Fuck it, I'll have six of them, please. Thank you very much for the price of what I just paid for your sodding egg. Yeah, because they've got to get rid of them because they've probably got so much stock. Because I used to work in a supermarket and after Easter, there's so much stock left over. Oh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. They literally get so much of that stuff in. I am currently sat here with uh, a Yorkie Easter egg next to me, which Yorkie's made by Nestle, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which I don't think is... I, I, I'll be honest with you. If you was to put Nestle and Cadbury in front of me, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you which one's which. Like, as a taste test, I couldn't tell you which one's which, I don't think. Um, um, yeah, I'd be able to. If you put a dairy milk in front of me and a Yorkie and had it a, so it's the same shape. That's because you're from Birmingham, that's why. Is it? <laughs> it's in your blood, isn't it? All of you Birminghams, it's all in your blood. You know what? You know your dairy milk chocolate. Yeah, because it's ours. It's yours. It's your Cadbury. <laughs> Expect a massive thank you from everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sat here with a Yorkie Easter egg and I'm loving life. I'm all about that. Um, what I have got, though, is Britain's top 10 chocolate bars. Right. I'm prepared to disagree. 
well, this was when me and me and Emma read through this, and she was like, "I don't believe it. No, that's not it. No, that shouldn't be there. It shouldn't be there." I was like, "Emma, it's not your list. It's Britain's list. It's what everyone has said." So shut up. <laughs> so let's go from. Actually, I'll give I'll give everyone a top twenty because twenty is interesting, right? Okay. So from twenty to one, we've got Turkish delight. I can't stand it. Yeah, fuck it. Like what is it? I don't understand what it is. No, I I don't like it. I don't even know what the the, the pink stuff in the middle is because it's like no. jelly, but it tastes shit. Yeah, yeah, that could be lower to be honest. But I think Turkish Delight is like a mum chocolate. My mum loves Turkish Delight, and I don't know any mum that don't. Uh, my mum doesn't. To be fair, she outwardly dislikes it. Brilliant. She got a sign on her car saying, "I hate Turkish Delight." The only person that I've ever seen actively ask for chocolate delight is that kid from Narnia. I haven't seen Narnia. Uh, he he actively asks for Turkish delight, and that's the only person I've ever known. Aren't those kids from like the war though? Aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. They ain't got much else, have they? So take what you can get. Uh, number nineteen, which is a bit of a surprise, but I don't. It, it it's one of those top quality chocolates, but maybe in the UK it's just not that. It's not in our hearts at all. Uh, but it's Lindor. The what? Sorry, Lindor. You know the guys who make the lint chocolate, like the bunnies. Oh and... yeah, that's really nice. Really it's, good chocolate. It's, re- it's Swiss, isn't it? And the Swiss are famous for their chocolate, mm, right? Yeah. Um, but it's only nineteen, which is as I say, I just don't think it's quite in the UK's heart. And that's I love why the little like lint uh, balls where you bite into them. They've got like oh, the man. soft center. They're so good. When, mm. we, we, we went, when we went to Berlin, they had a lint shop, and we went in there, and there was a bloke stood up with a train, so would you like to try a lint? And was like, um, yes. So every day we went into the shop to go get a free lint. <laughs> why not? They're so nice. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, number 18 is Bourneville. Yeah, I understand that. Dark chocolate is not everyone's cup of tea. It is not, no. It's bitter, isn't it? They say it's bitter. Yeah. It I use it to cook it. with, like, put it in a curry. Really? Yeah, put dark chocolate in a curry. It's really good. Just a little bit, not too much. What what type of curry though? Or anything? It can go in anything. Because I don't think yeah, I'm it, put it, it just in kind me. of it just kind of adds a little bit to it. Like I don't know, the something in dark chocolate is really good to cook with. Okay, I'm gonna try that out. Uh, number seventeen is the Milky Bar. Oh yeah, okay. That's a Nestle, yeah. isn't it? I'll, I'll have a Milky Bar if it comes out of like a celebrations or something. Or mil- is it a Milky Bar or Milky Way? Milky Bar, the white chocolate. Milky bars are on me. Milky Bar is the Milky Bar kid. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the white yeah. chocolate that generally I do like is white bought by children. I do like white chocolate. I haven't had it in years, though. Yeah, white chocolate's an interesting one. Um, number 16, Cadbury's Fruit and Nut. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I'm a sucker for fruit and nut, but I understand that a lot of people don't like raisins. I love raisins. I'm just not keen on the nut in it because it's hazelnut, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a big fan. Number 15, Jeremy Clarkson calls it the messiest chocolate in the world, a double-decker. Yeah, I'm a big fan of a double-decker as well. I eat the double-decker upside down, because then you can get all the crumbs fall in your mouth. Clever, smart, smart. you're ahead of Thinking your time. Ahead. Literally, everyone's living in 2020, I'm living in 3020. Number 14 is the Toblerone. Yeah, it's one of them, fuck, well, it's just a Tory chocolate, isn't it? The king of the duty-free shop. Yeah, it's just it's a chocolate you have when you have exp- uh, disposable income. Uh, yeah, the only time you ever buy Toblerone is when you're at the duty-free and you forgot to buy someone something, or yeah. at Christmas. Yeah, literally. And it goes in your stocking. a big Christmas one. That's it. Yeah, I, I do like it, but I wouldn't buy it. It's the only time anyone ever buys Toblerone. 
Now, uh, number 13, I'm surprised about this because I would have put it high because it's one of my favourite chocolates. It's the Kit Kat Chunky. Yeah, it's just a bit... It's a bit bland. But it's... But... Well, 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 we'll discuss it in a bit more because I've got more to say on this, but we're going to move on first. We're going to number 12. Number 12 is the Aero Mint variety. Not the normal Aero, Aero Mint. It is, I would say it's worse than the normal Aero, but it's still nice. Well, interestingly, the normal Aero doesn't even feature in the top 10. Interesting. That's bizarre. But Aero Mint comes number 12. So people seem to Aero prefer Mint's the Aero Mint's nice. Version. Don't get me wrong. But... I like the bubbles. It's the bubbles. They say taste the bubbles. It is the bubbles that make it. Mm. Well, number 11 is the crunchy. Bit of honeycomb smothered in chocolate. I'm a big fan. I do like a crunchy. I'm a big fan of a crunchy. I don't actively go out and get a crunchy, but if someone offered me a crunchy and I ate it, I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah, if I stand in front of like a chocolate bar selection, I wouldn't pick it out, but I wouldn't say no. I love honeycomb. You ever go to the seafront and you go buy a bag of honeycomb? Yeah, honeycomb's good. So good. Number 10 is the flake. I do like a flake. It's just the remnants of all the other Cadbury chocolate. Which I found really interesting. Each other. Uh, but, and yet, uh, the, uh, wait, wait, the flake is the one in the yellow one, isn't it? It's the yellow packaging. Yeah, yeah, the messiest chocolate oh, in the world. You literally can't fucking open it. It just falls apart. It's just, it, all it is is just, well, as you said, it's just the offcuts. It's just flake crumbs, uh, chocolate crumbs. Yeah. But do you, pr- do you know what it is? I don't get it. Uh, flake and twirl. Twirl is just a flake covered in chocolate. But then what makes yeah, it a literally. ripple? What makes it a ripple? That's galaxy, isn't it? Yeah, but a ripple is basically the same as a as a twi- uh, twirl, isn't it? That it it's a different different brand, though. Oh yeah, and it is smoother chocolate, isn't it? Mm. Who makes galaxy? Uh, oh, I did know this. This was a pub quiz question. Let me Google it real quick. Yeah, find it out. I need to know because. Galaxy chocolate is like one of the smoothest things you can ever have. It's nice. Fucking good. Mm. Mars. What, Mars is a company of its own? Yeah, Mars owns it. Wow. I did not know that. But yeah, so, okay, I love a Ripple. Ripple looks expensive. Yeah. So we've got Flake is number 10. So we're now into the top 10. So that's Flake. Number nine is its parent owner, the Mars Bar. Uh, I could give or take a Mars bar, bit, to be honest with you. A bit of nougat with the caramel on top. I find them really sickly, and I can't even eat a whole bar. Yeah, I yeah, I don't really care for them. Okay, number eight is a whisper. I do like a whisper. Whispers are good. The thing about whispers, I remember, there used to be a chocolate when my mum and dad were young, and they got discontinued for a while, Right. and then they bought them back. Yes, because whisper... And I my had... parents were like... They were really excited. I was like, what? And then I tried it. I was like, okay, I get it. This is really good. Yeah, because I, when growing up, I, I'd never heard of Whisper. And then Whisper just came about. I was like, oh, is this new? This is new. And everyone's was like, like, the older generations were like, no, this was a don of a chocolate. And it is really fucking nice, man. Yeah, Whispers are great. Like, There's one of them that I would buy from a shop. Oh, God, yeah. I would definitely pick up a Whisper if it was in a meal deal. Uh, 12, number 7. I love a twirl. Yeah, twirl. It's just a flake covered in chocolate, isn't it? Twirls are good. I know I know uh, what your go-to chocolate at the vending machine at work was, but mine was a twirl. Was it? Fair. Mm, okay. Yeah. I'm interested to see if mine features. Okay, well, let's carry on. Uh, the, the best thing about the twirl is the, it's the two-for-one. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same with the Twix, yeah. isn't it? Like, it's just it's nice having two bars in a pack. Speaking of Twix, Twix comes in at number six. Twixes are good. Twixes are fucking good. 
Twixes has an underrated chocolate. It's a chocolate you don't have very often, but when you do, you're like, oh, I can't believe I haven't been eating this lately. Trick with the Twix, bite off both ends, get a cup of tea, and use that as a, the Twix as a straw. I've heard about this. You could do that apparently with um, uh, a twirl as well. Yeah, probably. You can do it with a chocolate finger as well. It's really good. Interesting. Number five is controversially the Kit Kat. Again, it's something that I'd give or take. Like I don't really care for it. Like I get that it's a staple and they're nice. But yeah, but I yeah, like I'd... Kit Kats, and my favourite is the Kit Kat Chunky, right? And this, so we'll go back to that now. Kit Kat Chunky came in at number thirteen. The normal mm. Kit Kat come in at number five. Now I'm not being funny, but the Kit Kat Chunky is far superior than the normal Kit Kat, and also but... it doesn't say what type of Kit Kat it is. Is it the four bar or the two bar? I think it's just um, just a staple, isn't it? Everyone knows normal Kit Kat. I did have one late recently when I before I climbed Snowdonia, we stopped at a shop, and I don't know if this is just a Welsh thing, but I saw what was it? It was like a lemon cheesecake flavor or something. Oh, nice! It was fucking good, like really, really good. And that was mm. a two bar, like loads of little two bar ones. Okay, I didn't know. I know you can buy four bars quite a lot, and they don't really come in the foil packaging anymore. And unless going you buy off them in of bulk. My brother goes to Japan a lot, and they have bizarre things, and Kit Kat is one of them. And the weird... I've had some weird-flavoured Kit Kats, but they're all pretty good. I've had apple pie, um, grape. Grape-flavoured, uh, grape yes. Yeah, Sake-flavoured. Uh, green tea. Um, I love that. I think, I think there was a wasabi-flavoured one. Oh, wow, that'd be well cool. A bit of spice in there. Mm, like, the Japanese just do whatever they want, and most of them are really, really good. They literally do. They do what they want. Uh, number four is an interesting choice. You're either going to see it at the bottom of the celebrations box or not. It is the bounty. I am one of those people that really, really likes a bounty. I'm the same. I'm the only person in my house that would eat the bounty apart from my mum. I, I bought recently. Um, I went out and I don't know. I think this is a really selfish manoeuvre, but I was really hungry. And I knew that people would steal my chocolate. So I bought a multi-pack of bounty. <laughs> because I knew that no one else would have it. <laughs> I like that. That's very good. I'm like that with drinks. Like I know um, em- Emma's got a thing for like she'll take my drink. Like if I have a glass on the side, she'll have a swig of it. But she doesn't yeah. like she doesn't like fizzy drinks. So the other night, I actually had like a fizzy drink that looked like squash, and she had a big old swig of it. And it was just the look in her face when she just realised it was a fizzy <laughs> drink was priceless. So I get where you're going on that one, but yeah, I love a bounty man. I like coconut. Yeah, bounties are really good. Uh, all right, number three is the Galaxy Bar. Galaxy is a nice chocolate. It's the smoothness. It is it's very so smooth. smooth. It like it's smooth, but also like. If you you could you could suffocate someone with galaxy chocolate. If you just melted galaxy chocolate yeah. and like you could waterboard someone with galaxy chocolate, just shove it down their throat and they would just choke on that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love gone it. With that. Really That's good. Just gone a bit masochistic and fetishist. Um. Anyway, yeah, man, I fucking love a galaxy bar. That's so good. That and I like the galaxy car- caramel. Mm. Yeah, most galaxy stuff is real good. We're now on to the real deal here. Uh, so far in this top 10, we've had Flake, Mars Bar, Whisper, Twirl, Twix, Kit Kat, Bounty, and Galaxy Bar. And now we're down to the last two. And your choice has not come up yet. I know, I'm nervous. So at number two, it's the Cadbury Dairy Milk. At uh, number two? That's interesting at considering this is a two. British list. 
Yes, Britain's top 30 favourite chocolate bars. Number two is the Cadbury Dairy Milk. I mean, yeah, it's just, at the end of the day, it's just a bar of chocolate, isn't it? But I think it just means a lot more to British people. Yeah, like... Because, like, it's ours. Yeah, it, it, no, it's absolutely that. But it's it's the glass and a half. The glass and a half of milk. That thing is so well advertised. It's a glass and mm. a half. And they use it for everything. Like, a glass and a half of fun and all this stuff, like, makes Cadbury and all this shit. They have some of the best TV adverts, don't they, Cadbury? Yeah. Um, yeah, their advertisement campaigns are, are amazing yeah which you brought up about the Cadbury brothers they really like their you know pr stuff they're really into that yeah um we've got milk train man and one of the famous ones was the siblings who are sat next to each other the eyebrows yes yeah the dancing eyebrows are yeah really good uh so that's number two number one is the kinder what no it's not number one is snickers I'm actually fucking shocked and appalled. Uh, Snickers beat Cadbury's Dairy Milk as top number one Britain's favourite chocolate. What? I know. I, what's wrong with people? Get some nuts. I Don't get me wrong, I like a Snickers. I, I'll, I'll eat a Snickers, but number one, have a word. I know, I know, I know. And there's so many other chocolates. Like On this list, we've got quite a few. We've got the Yorkie, we've got Aero, Milky Way... I love a Milky Way. Uh, we've got yeah. Star Bar, Picnic, Fudge, Galaxy Ripple. Where's Kinder Bueno? Does it feature? Kinder Bueno does not feature on the top what 30. The... But it's the best. It's hands down the best. I fucking defy anyone <laughs> to tell me otherwise. <laughs> I knew you'd because Saying that, does it count as a chocolate bar? Probably not. Why wouldn't it? Because it's, I don't know, I'm just trying to clutch at straws. Because it's filled with gooey goodness. Yeah, stop trying to give it, stop trying to give it excuses. It is a chocolate bar. But is it, it's more, it's more biscuit than chocolate, I no, guess? No, 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 no. Because you could say that about, like, I don't know, the Kit Kat Chunky. Well, that's more biscuit now than chocolate, blah, blah, blah. No, a Kinder Bueno is a chocolate bar. Unfortunately, but it's people so just don't, good. are not into it. But people love Kinder Bueno. I love Kinder Bueno. Kinder Chocolate is amazing. Like really good, yeah, man. So uh, as you as you could probably tell everyone, Kinder Bueno is James's favourite chocolate. And if ever you saw a vending machine, he'd have a Kinder Bueno in his hand. It should be everyone's favourite chocolate. They're so good, <laughs> They're really good. And the gooiness in the middle—I don't know what it is. It's that hazelnut paste, isn't it? Even if you're allergic to nuts, I recommend powering through. <laughs> They're that good. <laughs> Power through, just sitting there going, worth it. <laughs> as you got an epipen jabbed actually... into your stomach. I thought it was just general consensus that everyone loved them. Apparently not. No, I'm afraid not, James. So uh, why is it the fucking vending machine? Were they the ones that sold out first? Yeah, it did seem that the place that we worked at, everyone loved the Kinder Bueno. And that, that got sold out as as soon as it got put back in the shop. In the, in if, the I, if I went there, if I went to the machine and there wasn't one there, the day was ruined. It was a <laughs> shit day. <laughs> yeah, people used to come through and they go like, they go, oh, have you got Kinder Bueno? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> they're like oh is there any left in the vending machine you're like yeah and they're like right back in a minute and they go get it I'm, just, I'm disgusted well I'm sorry to tell you that uh, yes the Snickers bar get some nuts Snickers fucking Snickers <laughs> yeah considering like there's I don't know how many like, there's like a percentage of the population that if they ate one it would kill them and yet it, for some reason die. it's still popular you're selfish bastards voting for Snickers. You're killing people. <laughs> Saying that, my favourite is also very nut-like-heavy. 
was not. Oh yeah, yours is yours is hazelnut heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, over dairy milk as well. That oh, shocking, shocking. <sighs> Sorry, to Snickers. Anyway, I like a Snickers, but I wouldn't. It would be a solid fifteenth for me, maybe. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, my favourite chocolate is the Yorkie raisin and biscuit. I think you'd be alone there. Yeah, it's a very controversial top like pick. Not many people like the raisin; they don't want it in their chocolate. I like it. Yeah. So I'm a raisin and biscuit man. I do like raisin, and I do like raisins in chocolate. But oh, raisins in chocolate is great. What an interesting list, appalling list. Who who the fuck did they ask? Who did who was in the poll? Uh, I mean, this was from the Daily Mail, so it could have been any. Ah, the liberal. Daily Fail. Nah, it's wrong. Then fake news. <laughs> uh, brilliant, man. Okay, well, that was an interesting story about the Cadbury Brothers and how they cracked on, and how actually the Cadbury Brothers is just the original two brothers, and it's just carried on. Yeah, and then it went down to other brothers. I really want to know what they fell out over. Yeah, it didn't say. Mm. Um, they're just. That's prob- Maybe they didn't fall out. Maybe like because obviously, uh, John's health was deteriorating, and they knew that they were getting on a bit. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, he had plans to pass it on to his sons. And the other Cadbury brother was like, well, I'd like him to be passed on to my sons. And it was like, well, I'm the one that created it initially. You can't do that. Mm. I'm just looking up Kraft, who bought out uh, Cadbury, James L. Kraft. Mm. I doubt we'll ever do an episode on him. He was a Canadian man, and he was the first to patent processed cheese. Brilliant. That fucking crappy square stuff that they do. Yeah, he was born in 1874, died in 1953. 1874, died in 1953. Okay, that's quite good innings. Yeah, it's not bad, not bad. Canadian, eh? Yeah. All right then, Brill. I enjoyed that, I enjoyed that. Um, Right then. Do we know who's next week? Oh, Christ, yeah. Um... Forgive me, everyone. We like. I, I'm going to say uh, I've just come in from work, and that's why. Um, but in reality, I've been in about an hour, so um, I don't really have any excuses. I should be ready for this and prepared. I knew this was coming, and yet for some reason, I fucked up. Uh, okay, next week, next week, next week, next week. Uh, we are doing. Well, we're sticking. We're sticking with the food here. Okay, interesting. Yeah, we're sticking with the food. Uh, we are going to go with a man called John Harvey Kellogg. Oh, we're going Kellogg's, okay. We are going Kellogg, one of the most famous cereal brands in the world. You've definitely heard of it with your American side, yeah. European, uh, Asian area. You've heard of Kellogg. It's one of the biggest fucking cereal brands going. Um, but... Did we know that the guy Kellogg is actually a fucking Fruit Loop? Well, again, it's me being a bit rude. Uh, yeah, he's a bit on the um, uh, out there spectrum. Interesting. And a very okay, I know religious that, man. I know that he, his the Kellogg's brand is his signature, and he has to sign everything. Like he wouldn't allow anything to go out without his signature on it. Oh, which is why. Yeah, yeah, he had to be in control of pretty much everything. Um, and he had some very, very interesting ways of dealing with health uh, ailments. So, yeah, we're right. sticking to the food next week, but we're also going down the medical route. 
and uh, I'm assuming we'll discuss our favourite cereals then. Hundred percent, we're going to discuss favourite cereal as well. And I have got a few choices. I'm, I do like cereal. I'm the kind of guy who has cereal at night time. Yeah, cereal tastes better at night time. hundred percent, it tastes better at night. It's like food tastes better when you one you haven't paid for it, and two, it's been made yep. for you. Yep, hundred percent. Cereal tastes better at night. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Oh, that's one thing I was going to ask you in regards to chocolate, real quick. Uh, do mm. you fridge it or not? No. Really? Because if I like, I did it once with a Yorkie. I put it in the fridge, and then I just couldn't bite it. Oh man, I fucking I was love like, that jaw-breaking. If I want chocolate. chocolate, I want to just fucking yam it. So no, we keep it in the cupboard. Nah, I don't get that. It melts. What are you doing? It's just room temperature. No, it doesn't. At that How point. hot are your cupboards? Well, what if you got the heating on? It's going to get a bit soft, isn't it? No, ours never melts. Mate, no, I keep mine in the fridge. I like, when I bite my chocolate, I like a bit of crunch, like a bit of, you can you can hear it make that sort of like noise. I can't make that. But then you you lose the smoothness and you're fighting it. I don't want to have to fight my no, chocolate. It melts in your mouth. It melts at your body temperature. Oh, yeah, man. You and the chocolate mm. become one for that moment where you're chewing away. It gets warmed up and it like lubricates your throat. Fucking yes, mate. Get that chocolate in that fridge and make it cold so that it like, nah. snaps in my mouth. Whew, we're going to have to agree to disagree on quite a few things here. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, next week, yes, John Harvey Kellogg. We're going to talk about the Kellogg Man, Frosties, Cornflakes. You you heard of it. He's made it. They, they make it, all that sort of stuff. That's who we're going with next yeah. week. Um, make sure you hit us up on all the social media. Um, apologies if you do follow us on social media because I have been a bit quiet lately. But, one, we're in a pandemic. Two, I'm deemed an essential worker, so I am actually out and about doing quite a lot still. Um, so I don't have much free time. Um, so someone give me a clap tonight at 8 o'clock. Um, <laughs> um, where am I going? Yes, follow us on social media. Um, Instagram, that's what people do, podcast. Follow us on Facebook. Just type in at that's WPD and you'll find us. Uh, Twitter is the same, at that's WPD. Um, or if you have any suggestions for a episode, anyone you want us to talk about or have a little look at and have a little talk about, uh, send us an email at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com and we'll have a little look into it. Uh, I've, I'm about nearly finished my book, um, called Deranged by Howard Schechter. It's a true crime book about a, crazy crazy guy that should come out sometime right. in the next month so we'll talk about him in the next month so that's just where i'm at exciting um yeah oh cool i think i think i've got anything more to add have you um no not awesome, really awesome awesome uh all right then guys um at this point i assume james cue the outro <laughs> And it should come on at that point. Yeah, it should come on at that point. Uh, brilliant. All right, next week we will be recording and then we shall bring you John Harvey Kellogg. Thank you very much, James, for bringing us this episode. It's been brilliant. I actually really like the Chucky story. A little bit shocking. I hope you guys enjoyed it. So, guys, we'll see you next week. Tassie bye. bye.